Well, hello, and welcome to They Did What Now, where we talk about how individuals ended up on death row. There are 27 states that have the death penalty, as well as the U.S. government and military. As of October 1st, 2020, there are 2,553 inmates on death row. As of 1976, there's 1,553 individuals that have been executed. And as of 1973, there have been 183 exonerations. Today, we'll be talking about Timothy Coleman, who is on death row in Ohio. During the summer of 1995, Melinda Stevens worked as a confidential informant for the Springfield Police and made controlled purchases of drugs from suspected drug dealers. On three separate occasions, Melinda made purchases of crack cocaine from Timothy Coleman, which were observed and recorded by the police. As a result of these sales, a grand jury indicted Coleman in September of 1995 for aggravated trafficking in cocaine and associated possession offenses. Melinda was a material witness to these offenses, but her identity was not listed in the indictment. Coleman pled not guilty to these charges. When in jail awaiting trial for these charges, Coleman told his cellmate, James R. White, that he had discovered that Melinda was the one that got him busted and that if he got out on bond, he was going to take care of her. According to James, Coleman stated that he had a newborn baby and was facing 15 to 45 years on the pending drug charges and couldn't do that much time in the joint. Coleman had known James for years and asked him to take care of Melinda if he got out on bail first. However, Coleman was released on October 12th. Another inmate, Donovan Hayes, testified that he heard Coleman tell White that if it was her that was responsible for him being here, he would have to do something to her. James was released from jail in mid-November and testified that Coleman again asked him to help take care of Melinda. They talked about burning down Melinda's house or the possibility of James shooting her. Early on January 2nd, 1996, Coleman saw James twice and told James he would pick him up that evening to take care of Melinda, but Coleman never showed up. On January 3rd, after Melinda had been killed, Coleman told James that he took care of business. Christopher Holtz testified that he saw Melinda and Coleman on the evening of January 2nd, 1996, around 7 or 8 p.m. at Riddle Ribs, apparently buying takeout food. Christopher recalled that Coleman was wearing a flannel-type shirt and that Melinda and Coleman left riddles together around the same time Christopher did. Christopher last saw the two alone in a nearby alley. The weather that evening was cold, windy, and snowing. As Christopher was walking home, he heard shots. Around 7.25 p.m., Police and paramedics responded to the alley behind West Pleasant Street near Riddle Ribs, the scene of the shots fired report. They found Melinda lying face down with no pulse or respiration and only minimal heart activity. Although the paramedics took Melinda to the hospital, the coroner later concluded that Melinda had died at 7.20 p.m. on January 2, 1996. Icy rain had fallen that evening, followed by heavy snow and strong winds, thereby hampering investigative efforts. Coleman frequently visited the house of Fayette Strodes in Springfield. Fayette's granddaughter, Dana, had a child by Coleman, and Fayette's son, James Strode, was Coleman's friend. 
Prior to January 2, 1996, Coleman told Fayette several times that he was going to kill a black bitch to whom he had sold drugs because she was a drug informant. Vera Strodes, Fayette's daughter, also recalled Coleman discussing his legal problem, saying he's not going to do any time, and also talking about popping that bitch. Coleman also talked frequently with Linda Gaskins, who lived across the street from Fayette. Linda testified that Coleman talked constantly about his legal problems and that he found out that Melinda was the confidential informant in the case against him. Linda further testified that Coleman stated, if they don't have a witness, they don't have a case, and also saying he was going to kill her. Hope Strodes, Fayette's granddaughter, recalled that Coleman visited the Strode's house early on the evening of January 2nd and asked her for some bullets. Hope told him that they were in a box on a shelf. Coleman took some bullets, showed Hope a silver gun with a clip, and said, I'm going to take care of a bitch that set me up. Around 7.30 p.m. that same evening, Coleman stopped in for a few minutes to see Linda and told her, I took care of my business. When asked what he meant, Coleman replied, bloop, bloop, two to the back of the head, that bitch fell like a rock, while demonstrating at the same time what happened by physically falling to the floor. After January 3rd, Coleman again talked to Linda and disclosed to her that the murder occurred in an alley behind Riddle Ribs and that he had slowed down while walking in order to shoot Melinda from behind. After Coleman left Linda's house that night, he went back to the Strode's residence. Hope, Vera, Fayette all testified that Coleman did not look normal and was nervous. Vera testified that he was wearing a flannel shirt that had cockle burrs on it. Coleman told Fayette that he had took care of it. When she asked what, he said Melinda and twice in the head because he couldn't do that many years. On January 3rd, 1996, police interviewed Coleman after advising him of his rights. Coleman asserted to police that sometime after 7 p.m. on January 2nd, Melinda came to the house of Coleman's daughter next to Riddle Ribs and asked him for money to buy food for her children. Coleman told her he was not going to give her money, but that he would walk over there and pay it for her. After going to Riddle's and paying for the food, Coleman stated that he left did not see Melinda again and did not know she had been murdered. Coleman later talked with Vera about the fact that people on the street were saying he shot Melinda. At first, Coleman denied shooting Melinda, but later admitted to Vera that he did take the bitch out. While in jail awaiting trial, Coleman described the murder to fellow inmate Antoine Warren, revealing that he was walking out of the restaurant with Melinda, he slowed down his step and shot her. A forensic pathologist concluded that Melinda died as a result of two gunshot wounds, one to the back of her head and one to the base of her neck. The first bullet stopped at the front side of her brain. The second bullet shattered the first vertebra and severed her spinal cord, traveled upward into the sinus cavity, and lodged just under the cheek skin. An officer estimated that on January 3rd, there were two inches of ice and four inches of closely packed snow in the alley. On January 17th, police officers found two spent 380 caliber shell casings near a bloodstain remaining in the alley. A forensic expert identified the two bullets removed from Melinda's body as a 380 caliber bullet fired from an automatic or semi-automatic firearm, particularly either a Colt government model or a Davis P380. 
The Davis P380 comes in either steel or chrome models. Gunpowder residue on Melinda's clothing indicated that she had been shot from less than four feet away. In May of 1996, Coleman shared a prison cell with Stephen Kassler, an inmate at an Ohio correctional center. Coleman told Stephen that he was awaiting trial for killing a drug informant named Melinda Stevens and that he thought I killed her, he could beat his drug charges. Coleman said he shot Melinda twice in the back of the head using a Davis P380. He also told Stephen that he shot her in an alley under pretty severe blizzard conditions because he thought the weather would hamper the investigation. He then disclosed to Stevens that he had gotten rid of his gun and hidden his clothes in a doghouse in Fayette's backyard. In fact, police never found the murder weapon, but did recover from the Strode doghouse a tennis shoe and a flannel shirt identified as clothing that Coleman wore on January 2nd. Coleman was indicted in March 1996 for the aggravated murder of Melinda Stevens with prior calculation and design. The trial jury found Coleman guilty on all charges, and following the penalty phase hearing, the jury recommended the death penalty. On March 31, 1999, the Supreme Court of Ohio affirmed Coleman's conviction and death sentence. So where is Timothy Coleman today? Timothy Coleman is currently on death row in Ohio. On April 16, 1996, he was sentenced to two years for drug abuse and tampering with evidence and one and a half years for possession of criminal tools, with a maximum sentence of 15 years for drug trafficking, all to be served consecutively. On February 26, 1997, he was sentenced to one and a half years for weapon under disability, and on February 28, 1997, he was sentenced to death.